This week's support for the fine print with Attorney Jen Route comes from Thrivent Financial. For more than 100 years, Thrivent has offered financial guidance about saving, spending, and sharing. Thrivent helps more than 2.3 million member owners be wise with money through its broad range of products and services, including life insurance, annuities, and mutual funds. To learn more about what makes Thrivent unique, contact John Grolo, FIC Financial Associate, at 614-567-7141. And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. Hi, and welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my accident-prone sidekick, Ben Needenthal. Accident. Okay, look, that's accurate, but it's also pot, call, and kettle black for maybe. sure. No, no, 100%. <laughs> no, there's I don't no know what you're talking about. about. This. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, you do. Yeah, smooth. Yeah, you Right there. That describes me. <laughs> Not clumsy at all. All right. Well, with us today is our friend Sean Harris. He is here to talk about car accidents. He is with Kittrick Lewis and Harris, one of our favorite law firms in Columbus. Hi, Sean. Good morning. <laughs> I'm gonna have you lean in, get nice and close to the mic there so we can we can all hear you. Sean, the entire world, including the Netherlands. So Yeah, the Netherlands yeah. likes us. For some reason Weird. the Netherlands like Fantastic. us a lot. Yeah. So not sure how all this is gonna apply to them, but We'll roll with it. That works. So, yeah. So, uh, so welcome. And uh, so, Sean's here. So, what are we chatting about today? Okay. So, it has been snowy, crappy, and icy. And the other night, I was driving home and was happily reminded of when Ben taught me how to drive on ice and snow and all of that junk right after I had totaled my aunt's van. I remember um, that. Yeah. So, it was good times. Whiplash. Fun. <laughs> hurt for weeks. It was great. Um but I was on the same stretch of road, and I was like, oh, look, I know how to do this now. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> um, and naturally, that made me think of how many of us really don't know what to do about car accidents, you know, insurance, whose insurance company do you call first, like all of these things. What happens, and when <clears throat> do you need to get an attorney involved? So naturally, I went to my main go-to referral source here, to, who I like to send our personal injury cases too and asked for some guidance that's perfect that's perfect <clears throat> yeah i mean it's like right now the weather is really really bad i think we've talked about car accidents a little bit in the past but i mean it's a good good time to kind of remind people hey since the roads are awful you know uh what happens if you have a little bit of a fender bender so uh we are taking your questions today so if you want to you know chime in and ask something uh we've got the experts here and please feel free to do so but uh, let's let's start off, Sean. How how are you doing today? I guess and I'm well. How's business been the past few days? Well, it's a great question. Like like any profession, uh, you know, the plumber doesn't hope for leaks, uh, and the electrician doesn't hope for electrical problems. We're there to they help. they do a little bit. Though. They help. We're I mean, here to help yes. when bad things happen. And yes. so um, you're right. The winter weather is and can be very treacherous. Um, and probably made more treacherous by uh, car insurance companies, as you've kind of been alluding to. Yeah. What? Well, no. Uh, you know, they um, 
uh, insurance companies, car insurance companies, have uh, tremendous advertising budgets. They do indeed. And they have uh, wonderful commercials on the television. They do indeed. They do. Call the general. Well, they want you to think that they're going to be there like a good neighbor and Uh that they're on your side (laughs) and all these kinds of things. I see what you're doing there. Uh Uh, You're speaking my marketing language. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, they're not. Um, uh, This shouldn't be shocking, but... uh, any for-profit corporation exists for one reason and one reason only, uh, to make money. Yes. yes. Uh, the way that car insurance companies make money is, is by not giving it to you and me. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And so their entire goal in any claim when there's been a crash uh, is to pay the least amount possible. You're yes. shattering my worldviews here. Well, it's, it know. bears repeating uh, because uh, <laughs> lots of my clients, uh, you know, believe the media, uh, not the media, believe the uh, the advertising when it mm-hmm. says, "Gosh, you know," and they say, you know, and they're they're honest folks who say, "But I really like that flow lady. She <laughs> seems really great." Right. Right. They say, yeah. "Listen, Sean, I'm not trying to retire on this case. I'm not trying to make a million dollars. I just want what's fair, and I believe mm-hmm. them." Yeah. The difference, of course, is what uh, an injured person believes is fair, and what an insurance company believes is fair is often two different things. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I'm sure you see that a lot more than most Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, and especially I used to do some of this personal injury stuff. Um, and it's always interesting to see. Now, you've, they also, there's also that bad name because, you know, you see the accident or it's made out that, you know, this little itty-bitty fender bender where there's no property damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this person has these huge injuries and that's what media draws our attention to. Sure. Yes. Uh, and that's certainly an issue when you get in front of a jury, right? Right. These days that everybody's heard about so-called frivolous lawsuits, yes. whether it be the McDonald's coffee case or what have you. Right. Uh, and they believe the crazy ones. They And they kind of lump them all together and think... Well, geez, I wish I could get hurt and make a whole bunch of money. Yeah, because uh, that's what you want. Let's let's get hurt. <laughs> right. Good thing you got hurt so you could pay your medical bills. And right. Pay, pay your other bills. Um, it's akin to selling your body. I mean, it, to me, anyway. I have yet. If you're to selling find... off like your well-being, then I mean, yeah. for a cash payout, that I, seems dumb. I have but. yet to find a client, or, or for that matter, um, if you take um, rather than saying. You know, uh, gosh, would you? Um, is it, is this a fair settlement? A lot of times, you know, you try and flip it around, at least in front of a jury, and say, "Gosh, here's what my client went through. Um, how much would it take for me to pay you mm. to go through the same thing?" It tends to be <laughs> a lot more, right, right? When you're flipping it around, as opposed to, "Oh, they got a whole bunch of money. I wish I could do that." Oh, really? Right. Well, if I let me break your femur. Yeah, right? yeah. You go through the pain <laughs> and and the physical therapy and the effect on your life. How much is that worth to you? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, then it's a different story. So, right. So you have a lot of people coming to you and saying, "Thank God I fell down those stairs." No, you, no. Thank <laughs> God no. I walked into traffic, and 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 thank God that car that jumped semi truck. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, you know, no one says that. Although, no. and it's frustrating that that's how they're perceived. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder if that is even, and this is where it gets conspiratorial, but, like, I mean, how much of that actually might be some of the marketing 
nonsense that you hear from insurance companies like don't talk to the the ambulance chaser guys they're just trying to you know get money from you too absolutely i mean we know i mean here we are in columbus ohio where uh, nationwide insurance is based and we know uh, that um, their policy in their uh, business is that when their employees get called for jury duty they make sure they go yeah and sit on the jury Right, because they're they want to make sure that you know no you know frivolous lawsuits no get funny through on stuff. their yeah, watch. Right. Absolutely. So okay, I I know a little bit about insurance, but let's talk. What is full coverage versus <laughs> limited liability and all of these sure. things? Well, it's a great question, and and uh, and a lot of people um, believe uh, that w- this marketing term, and it is a marketing term called quote full coverage. Um, in the state of Ohio, full coverage, meaning what the what the state of Ohio requires you to have, is only liability insurance, and that's when you hit someone else. Okay. Oh. That doesn't mean protecting yourself or your right. car or anything else. So when you know when someone says, "Oh, don't worry, I have full coverage," that's that is a legally meaningless term. It's hmm. a marketing term that means you're complying with state law. Um, and and by the way. Uh, the limits in Ohio, the quote full coverage, the the full uh, responsibility is twelve thousand dollars. Excuse me, twenty five thousand dollars. Used to be twelve five. Is twenty five thousand dollars? That's you the, can't buy a car for twenty five thousand dollars. Let alone well, you can, but not a good car. Right, but I mean, yeah. like a de- to replace yeah. a vehicle yeah. to replace is a vehicle hard to and do. Not to mention right. anything else that might be on. By top the way, of the state of Ohio had been—I was in my old habit—had been the state minimum full quote full coverage had been twelve thousand five hundred dollars for forty years. We were the lowest in the country, um, and the Ohio General Assembly was really dragging its feet on on uh, updating that to modern standards. I mean, when they passed that in the '60s, a brand new car was three grand. Right. Um, and so, even getting them up to twenty five thousand um, dollars is pro- is still very very minimum. Right. Oh. When, they, when you hear these minimum so called minimum limits, you know your safe autos, your state auto, these you know, these folks, um, that's what they're talking about. What that doesn't include and what you're not required to buy, and, and I hope your listeners um, take heed to this important part. We actually part. Just, got, just got the question, what's the deal with state minimum insurance? Right. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, uh, hopefully this answers the question. Right, so. and so state minimum is uh, all you're legally required to, to purchase to protect yourself. Now, take a step back. The purpose of any in type of insurance is to protect what you own, sure. protect your assets. Right. If you have a lot of assets, you should buy a lot of insurance. Right. If you don't have as much assets to protect, you don't need as much insurance. Um, but we represent doctors and lawyers and professionals who have tremendous earning capacity and right. own a lot of stuff. And they're sophisticated purchasers and they don't know about how much they're supposed to buy. Right. So how much should you buy? Well, the answer is, of course, it depends. It depends, uh, it <laughs> depends on your assets and how much you own. And um, need like a fine print bingo, and into, it depends needs to be the center square. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And believe it or not, um, you um, normally, even though if you go to an insurance agent and in, uh, to purchase insurance, Ohio law says. That is merely a uh, an arm's length business transaction, like you're buying a refrigerator at Lowe's. Mm. So you cannot rely on them 
like you would a lawyer who has duties and obligations right. to give you good advice. Yeah. Um, unless you, I mean, you have to know to ask for it. And yeah. So when you talk with your insurance agent, you should ask them specifically and usually in writing by email. Right. Here's how much I make. Here's how much my house is worth. How much insurance do I need to protect me in the event that I am at fault for a crash? Right. So going to insurance or online insurance and just drives me crazy. <laughs> okay, it's, it's, back it's, to this is yeah, why it you need that. Translate through the audio <laughs> medium, but but Sean literally winced when when you oh. said insurance. Uh, I know he did because that's back to the whole. You need a team of advisors behind you. Absolutely. Your accountant, financial advisor, insurance guy is on there. Right. Yeah, and you need to tell him be forthcoming with what you have. Yes, yeah. and what you're protecting. Yeah. And of course, um, and none of the, we haven't even talked about protecting yourself from other bad drivers out there. No, we're there's, just talking about liability so far. There's no requirement in the state of Ohio that you purchase uninsured or underinsured motorist coverage, which protects you if the other person, even though they're supposed to have insurance, many don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't have any, if they don't have enough insurance. You have to protect yourself with uninsured and underinsured motors, and you have to know to ask for it because yeah. it's not required. And it's not always included in that bottom basement quote that you got, what's the littlest I could pay for insurance? That's absolutely right. Um, uh, speaking of limits, whether it be for liability or, or uninsured, underinsured, lots of times you'll see or people will see on their insurance policies a split it's called split limits right 100 300 100 300 and they say why are there two different why is there two different numbers there and what does that mean yeah that's important to know the uh, the one it stands for 100,000 per person or $300,000 per accident mm. which means that in in a and by the way 100 300 is a typical policy these days right um that means that most that the insurance company will pay to any one person is 100. The most that they'll pay in any crash, regardless of how many people were injured, is $300,000. Now, I know from personal experience that like a simple little ankle reconstruction outpatient surgery cost me a whole bunch of money. And I had health insurance. I don't see a hundred thousand dollars going real far. No, it, these days. I mean, you can't get out of the ER even for a quick visit for less than five thousand dollars. Right. Uh, you're absolutely right. And so, the more the better. Um, but th- th- I know that there's something called subrogation, and I don't think most people know about that. Sean, what's subrogation? It's a great question. Uh, most people don't, and once they hear about it, they are outraged. And probably cringe more than Sean did earlier. <laughs> so, um, uh, when you have health insurance, and um, which is not a, always a given these nope. days, uh, and whether that be a private company like Anthem or United or Blue Cross, or you're covered through a government program like Medicaid, mm-hmm. or you're, if you're hurt on the job and you're covered by workers' comp, um, each of those entities... Um, says, if you look at the, for example, if you have a private health insurance policy, nobody reads that, but it says, if you get hurt, we'll pay for you to go to the doctor, period. But if you get hurt and it's someone else's fault and you make a settlement, that is you get money as a result of your injuries, then we have a right to be reimbursed for the money that we've paid for you to go to the doctor. 
And most people say, hey, wait a minute. I pay my premiums. They're taken out of my paycheck. Uh, so I have health insurance. So they will pay my bills. Why do they get their money back? Mm-hmm. And the answer is they've written it into the contract, their <laughs> insurance policy that allows them to do that. And they Basically, all do it. It's the answer my, my three-year-old gives because they do. That's because they do and because, because they, they can. Do. Yeah. Uh, uh, this has been an issue, a legal issue that's been, you know, fought back and forth, went up to the Ohio Supreme Court mm-hmm. a number of years ago. Uh, and the Ohio Supreme Court said, believe it or not, um, that's part of the contract. Like any other contract, if you don't like it, you can go negotiate your own separate deal. Because, you know, insurance companies are always willing to negotiate the terms of their insurance Seems coverage. unlikely. <laughs> Seems unrealistic. Maybe um, a touch. Um, now, and, and it's interesting these days because personal injury cases have kind of become, uh, you, you uh, deal with them in two parts. The first part is negotiating with the at-fault driver's insurance to try and maximize how much we can recover. But then the second part, and which is almost as important, is negotiating with the health insurance company to reduce how much you have to pay them back. Obviously, the goal being to put the most money in the client's pocket that you Always. can. Yeah. Right. So basically, that $100,000 policy that the guy who rear-ended you has, well, if you have $40,000 worth of medical bills, that comes off. Because they get reimbursed. Hopefully, we can negotiate it down, but that's all coming out of that money. There's only one pot. That's right. And so, you only get what's left, basically. Right. Yeah. The, you, you know, a lot of people say, well, gosh, how about the person who caused the crash? What's their responsibility, right? I know insur- um. their insurance is... Uh, paying for this, but what about the person themselves? Not that they're vindictive, but they think, "Gosh, shouldn't they have, um, you know, bear some responsibility?" And and usually, you know, nine times out of ten, people buy do buy insurance that matches their um, matches their assets. So, do you have the legal right to make a claim against the individual driver above and beyond the insurance limits? Yes. Um, The answer is twofold. Number one, most people don't have enough money sitting around in the bank account to make it worthwhile. If they did, they would have bought more insurance. Blood from a turnip. Ain't going to get it. (laughs) And second, um, even if you did file a lawsuit and go to trial and get a, pick a number, million-dollar jury verdict, which they can't collect, they now owe more than they're worth. They might as well declare bankruptcy and get it discharged. And guess what? And not pay it. <laughs> right. So nine times out of ten, it makes very little sense to pursue the person individually. Right. right. But you're not allowed to tell a jury you're only going after insurance money. Isn't that interesting? And that, like subrogation, that's one of the uh, rules of evidence that a lot of people don't know, and frankly, I don't like. Nope, don't like it either. In a personal injury case, I'm not allowed to say the words car insurance to the jury. At all. They have to labor. Really? really. Even though State Farm or Nationwide, whoever the company is, is going to pay the settlement, is paying the lawyer to defend the case, and is really in control, the, the rules, the evidence rules say that we can't tell the jury the truth. We can't tell them that a car insurance company is there with money set aside to pay this verdict. We can't tell them that they've hired the lawyer. Uh, because uh, they think it's too, uh, that a jury will, will be more, what, 
more frivolous or, or more giving away because it's insurance company money. That's bizarre. Um, and it and the theory being, it doesn't whether there's car insurance doesn't make them at fault, doesn't make them you know make sure they cause the injuries. It's just an ability to pay. But I know one of my first cases was a car accident case where liability was stipulated. We were just arguing about the damages, and we couldn't even do it then, even though we weren't questioning liability, as in whose fault is it. It was all about did the car accident actually cause the herniated disc in the seven well sixteen year old at the time or was it degenerative disc disease in just that one disc in this sixteen year old's back that caused a herniated disc? Yeah. yeah, you know, not not real likely, but whatever. That's what they argued. They also argued she was doing backflips and she was a larger girl and probably not ever doing a backflip in her life ever it never ceases to amaze me the lengths that car insurance companies are willing to go to avoid paying money yes right absolutely and again and it bears repeating only because you know it it helps you understand the frame at least from their perspective their whole goal is to not pay money and they well, can't I mean, just say no. Yeah. I mean, it's like behind the curtain. That's essentially their business model is to defend their money across yes. the board. Right. Yeah. Yes. And they're, in, I mean, they're, they sort of have an intangible product that you can't pick up and hold in your hands. So the only thing they can do is just, I don't know, BS people. Well, they, I mean, well, they can't just refuse, right? They right. just can't just say, well, we're not right. going to pay. They have to come up with reasons. Right. Um, right. I mean, their first goal is to try and find a way to blame the victim to for the cause of the crash, right? If right. it was your fault, then they don't have to pay anything. Right. Well, if they can't get around that, their next goal is how do we pay the least amount possible? And that's usually by um, minimizing what they've been through. Oh, it's not that bad. Right. Uh, finding some other pr- so-called pre-existing condition where they can say, oh, they were having issues beforehand. And so we might the crash might have made it a little worse, but we didn't cause it. It was already there. Right. And that gets crazy. very frustrating where people have underlying conditions that they're not aware of. And they say, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I might have had arthritis in my back, but I didn't it didn't bother me. Right. And so but it still allows the insurance company to say, well, geez, you had arthritis in your back. It was only a matter of time. And so, yes, this car crash happened. But this was going to happen anyway, whether you were in a car crash or not. Hmm. Right. That's crazy. Let me check in with the audience here real quick. Uh, John chimed in and said, but Ohio has no bad drivers. Uh, to which I responded, uh, uh, no, Ohio has terrible drivers. Uh, so, yeah. Um, uh, Amy also is sugge- says yeah, that some of our laws are extremely counterintuitive, and I would say she's definitely right. We do have a question as well. And let me make a quick comment yeah. on the laws being counterintuitive. Um uh, for what it's worth, and not to get too political here, but um, we have uh, the General Assembly down in Columbus, downtown, mm-hmm. um, that is um, right now uh, essentially um, does what the insurance industry wants. Yeah. Right? And and I'm not uh, – and that's across party lines. That's not a particular party mm-hmm. um, uh, issue. That's um, – insurance companies have lobbyists. Lobbyists go down to legislators and say – uh, we helped get you elected. Here's what we'd like the laws to say. Guess who they end up benefiting? It's, it's mm. almost like that's a problem inherent in the entire legal system to a degree. Certainly, <laughs> certainly the political, political system. Political side. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. 
All right, so we have questions. Yes, we do have a couple questions. Uh, Jessica asks, uh, so in determining responsibility, uh, obviously it's really important to know what the do's and don'ts of a car crash are, right? Yes, right. So so keep in mind, um, um, anytime you br- make a claim, mm-hmm. if you are the plaintiff, mm-hmm. uh, that means you have the burden of proof. That means you have to prove everything about your case. And by plaintiff, I mean the injured person. Yeah. If you get hit by somebody else, yep. um, don't assume that it's obvious what happened. Right. You're going to have to prove everything. The defendant, the person who caused the crash, doesn't have to prove anything. Yeah. Right? They don't have to prove that it didn't happen the way you said. Right. It's up to you to prove that it did. And so that that would suggest you should document Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. These days, everybody has a camera in their pocket. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for taking not taking pictures of everything. Right. Right. Damage to the vehicles, location of the vehicles, etc. Yeah. Right. Now, obviously, your first concern is making sure you're okay. So if you're being squatted off, we're not expecting yeah, don't, anyone don't to take, take pictures. pictures. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless I guess right. if that's your bag. But you know. if it's one of those that you're walking away maybe injured maybe not but you know for instance i got a call from a friend the other day who was Mm rear-ended okay it was during snow and ice they called the police the police said we're not making it out exchange information file your police report later that happens especially on bad weather days here sean what's your advice to that person for the next time this happens the answer is if the police aren't going to document it then you need to Absolutely. Yeah, right. Photos of the damage to the cars, the locations of the cars, the license plates. Right. Don't move the cars until you've taken pictures of everything. Mm-hmm. Again, it, when it's a month from now, three months from now, and the insurance adjuster is asking what happened, um, your memory might be different than the memory of the other person. Right. Okay, well, that leads us into another question, and then we're going to get to John's other question here. Uh, Amy asks, should you insist on calling the police, even for a fender bender? Uh, When, if ever, is it okay to exchange, uh, to just exchange info? That's a great question. And, of course, you're asking a lawyer, uh, so you're going to get the lawyer's response, which is (laughs) it's always better to call the police. Now, the police probably don't agree with that answer because they've got other stuff (laughs) going on. things going on, sure. Um, But uh, it's a lot easier to prove what happened when you have an official police report. Right, because they're trained to to do that. Right, and they document where the vehicles are and the road conditions and witnesses. And the thing about witnesses is... Five people can witness an accident and see five different things. Right. And police officers are trained to go, you've lost your mind. That makes sense. Are you suggesting that humans are unreliable? Everybody has perspective, <laughs> and everybody has perspective bias. Entire worldview today just shattered. So. Right. <laughs> Shocked. Uh, one after another. <laughs> right. So, well, and you think, sometimes you think you saw something, but it's yeah. really you've now been talking to f- yeah. four other people. Well, for- they do tests like that sometimes, and it's like, no, it was a red car, and it hit, and say like it wasn't a red car, it was a yellow car, and it's, I mean, it's, right. it's crazy what memory can do. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so Sean is shaking his head vehemently. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, oh, witnesses. Yes. Uh, so John asks, so what's the balance with allowing the insurance companies to duke it out and getting a lawyer to support getting in an uh, getting a lawyer to support getting in an accident, both if you hit somebody and if they're coming after you? 
And if you get hit and you feel like you're being shorted. So basically, when to call the lawyer? Yeah, when do you call right. a lawyer is essentially what the question <clears throat> is. It's a great question. And Sean's um, answer is immediately, <laughs> before you have an accident. At least get it. Yeah, well, that's right. That's right. <laughs> now, now, now part, part of his question, by the way, and we get these calls all the time, is I'm at fault. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Assuming you have car insurance, that's what you've paid for. Yeah. Right. To, for them to hire the lawyer. So get in touch with your car insurance company. Let them know I may be at fault, and they are the ones that – that's the benefit of having car insurance, right? Yeah. That's what you pay for. Um, now, the question is, when, you, when you've been hit, um, I think it's always uh, important to uh, talk to a lawyer sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. But believe it or not, um, my advice isn't that you always need a lawyer. Right. Um, I talk with lots of uh, mm-hmm. potential clients and, and folks uh, every day whose claims are straightforward enough mm-hmm. that I t- – and I tell them this, that – Gosh, by the time you hire a lawyer, you're going to end up worse off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, that, you know, your case is straightforward enough that I think they'll, you know, um, they'll deal fairly with you or whatever offer they're going to make, they're going to make whether I'm involved or not. And why pay me if I can't justify my existence? Sure. Right? Right. And I, I certainly am not in the business of making people worse off for hiring a lawyer. Right. No. Um, and, but, you, but you may not know that until you find out, you know, give a right. call. Right. Um, most lawyers who handle personal injury cases don't work on an hourly rate, so there's no usually no fee to call up and just say, yeah. "Here's what happened. Do I need a lawyer?" Right. Yeah. You all, almost always get that free consultation, and um, if you're going to use that lawyer, it's normally done on a contingency fee basis, which means the lawyer gets paid a percentage. It's normally what a third, thirty-three percent. Right. Um, unless you're dealing with something more complex outside of a regular auto accident, then that fee can be higher, but the time investment is higher hmm. um, for more complex cases, so it makes sense. Right. Um, but, you know, that that's part of the purpose of calling the personal injury lawyers, find out where you stand, what you need to do, and most importantly, to remind you of the statute of limitations, which acronym is SOL, because if you miss that, you are shit out of luck. Wow. <laughs> well, and uh, not, to, not to complicate uh, things, um, there, uh, the statute of limitation generally for personal injury cases in Ohio is two years. Um, there's a there's a little wrinkle um, that a lot of folks don't know about, and that is uh, the High Supreme Court made this more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> that it's that it's um, especially when you're dealing with minors, right? Oh yes. So if you're if someone's under 18, a minor in the state of Ohio, they don't have the legal capacity to do anything, um, and so normally. Uh, Ohio law says that the statute of limitations is told, which means it's put off. It doesn't. The clock doesn't start running until the person turns 18. So normally that would be the statute of limitations would run on their 20th birthday. Okay, and that's true for claims against the at-fault driver. Right. Mm. However, I mean, in any car crash, there really are potentially, well, multiple claims, one being against the at-fault driver and one claim being against your own car insurance mm. if the other driver doesn't have enough. That's the underinsured coverage. It's your own yeah. insurance that yeah. you pay for to protect yourself. Well, the Ohio Supreme Court said that um, the time limit to bring a claim against your own car insurance is governed by whatever's written in the insurance policy, mm-hmm. not the um, 18 years 
plus two years. So if you have a four-year-old who's hurt badly, right, and um, uh, they would have, again, until their 20th birthday to bring a claim against the at-fault driver. Hmm. But if they, but for that same crash, if they wanted to include their own car insurance in the claim, which normally you do, mm-hmm. they would only have two, sometimes three years until uh, they're six. Hmm. Um, and so generally, in those kinds of cases with minors, it, it makes more sense to file a lawsuit sooner rather than later. Wow. Right. But in general, most negligence, so car accident cases are someone's negligent in their driving, which means it's two years from the date of the accident. Hmm. And that counts for purposes of your contract with your insurance company. So if you're dealing with a minor, that's the date that starts the clock ticking. So it's very important. Calendar that everywhere. Yeah. Well, and I always say, you know, people always say, well, I have two years that I can kind of, uh, there's no rush. And while that's <sighs> true, um, one of the things that insurance companies love to give people a hard time about is if there's any delays in treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in the insurance company's mind, if you don't go to the doctor right away and you don't continue treating while you're in pain, they treat that as... You must not be hurt. Yeah, you must not be hurt. Right? And there might there might be perfectly legitimate reasons in your life, work, family, et cetera, sure. why you can't get to the doctor. You don't have health insurance. You can't pay for it. But you still are in pain. You're still injured. It's still yeah. not your fault. Um, but if there's weeks or, God forbid, months where you don't see a doctor, um, they essentially treat that as um, then you're not hurt that bad from the wreck. Well, and it yeah. does create also for lawyers – trying those cases um a bit of a problem because what else happened to you in those that time those weeks or months um and then you're having a lot of snow on the ground maybe you slipped and fell and didn't think yeah and again we're running late because you fell on ice this morning like you know those things happen and again the injured person has the burden of proof they have to prove nothing else happened right right the defense, the other side, the at-fault party, doesn't have to prove it. They can throw out those possibilities. What about this? What about that? It seems like proving things is kind of hard. <laughs> proving things in a trial, of course, yeah. is up to the eight jurors yeah. selected to hear the case. Man. And they get to decide this evidence is sufficient, this evidence is not. Wow. And it's a tipping of the scale because this is a civil case, so the burden is preponderance of the evidence so it's a tipping of the scale in one person's favor which means a defendant just has to put enough questions in there to make the scale tip to 51 percent in their favor which is a big deal so you need to build your case so sean would you recommend documentation documentation (laughs) documentation yes journaling (laughs) pictures of bruises um, all of those fun things. You're absolutely just, right. When you get in the car, just start the camera recording right there. <laughs> you know, I in just, Russia, they've done that. I, I just talked to somebody. Uh, apparently, you know, we think of dash cams as yeah. something police get. Yeah. Apparently, this is something people are buying now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Russia, it's it's huge. There's actually a film that is coming out soon. I can't remember what it's called, but about that's all shot from Russian dash cams, and it's like it's in just crazy stuff that people catch on camera. You know, which well, there's some crazy stuff when yeah. you're out there driving. Sure, yeah. Well, and, and that kind of leads me to my next question: approximately how many p- 
people do you talk to in the average week? Sure. Uh, like new people do you talk it's to? It's a great question. Um, you know, it, and of course it varies, but it, you know, some weeks it may be five, some weeks it may be 20. Yeah. But I will tell you that um, most people, uh, I shouldn't say most, a, a great uh, the majority of people I talk to, I explain to them, you don't need a lawyer. Yeah. You're going to be worse off. I mean, I think there's this perception out there that any minor injury um, and a lawyer can can make a bunch of money and, and do. I have friends. I have yeah. friends who believe that who just say anybody who calls up, you sign them up, and you and you that's your business, and it's not true. I mean, right. most people who call, I say, sounds like you were hurt. Um, I don't think you need a lawyer to get what they're going to offer, um, and so I can't help you. Right, yeah. and I know I'll, I've. Um I've been because I don't do the contingency fee cases. I've been asked to review just the settlement agreement yeah. because people don't know what they're signing. Yeah. So you can always just engage an attorney to review something that you've negotiated and worked with the. Which is uh, always a good idea. I mean, especially right. if it's a legal thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You need to know what look. you're signing. So don't be afraid to call an attorney and ask questions. Yeah. Especially those that focus on personal injury because you're going to get that guidance that you need to begin with yeah absolutely so good any other questions no nothing that are coming in there's a few comments that sort of thing but we (laughs) want to say thank you to everybody who wrote in questions today jessica amy john John. uh thank you all for asking questions and thank you all for tuning in uh sean if people need to get a hold of you uh how do they get a hold of you sure the law firm's called kittrick lewis and harris kittricklaw.com 614-224-7711 614-224-7711 Excellent awesome. Got a website too? Oh that is the website oh, yeah, KittrickLaw.com KittrickLaw.com uh, Listening uh, skills yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh. Alright Well I'm looking forward to your joke of the week Do you have one? Nope <laughs> oh, Sure the, do The panic just it's a set good in one too. Yep so that means This is why we do the housekeeping <laughs> So Ben can find his joke So if you'd like to follow us on social media You can find us on Facebook That is our primary landing page Where you can comment, get news Or suggest topics for future episodes If you are already following Following us. Thank you. We love you. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen Rout every single week. We're going live every week now. That's kind of our thing. We go live on Wednesdays and then the actual episode gets uh, put up on iTunes on Fridays. Uh, but uh, if you want to follow us, you can go to boxlandmedia.com. That's our website. It uh, looks great. It's all updated, everything like that. Um, Fancy. And uh, you can find us on Facebook. Find me on Facebook, I guess. And you can look for me on Twitter if you really want to go that far. But you're not going to be real it. happy with all the stuff that I post. It's not worth it's it. it's not much. <laughs> I don't do much. It's not very interesting. All right. If you're new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. And if you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you'd take a few minutes out of your very busy day. Head over to iTunes and rate and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. Finally, we would like to thank all of you, our listeners and tuners in. Uh, Thank you for checking us out, and uh, please continue to check us out. And if there's something that you think might be relevant to somebody that that you know, maybe point in uh, our direction. Maybe somebody you know just had an accident or something like that, and they don't know what they're supposed to do. Call Sean. Yeah, call Sean. That's a good starting point. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, And uh, at this point, would you like to hear this week's Joke, joke of the week. Of the week? Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I'm sure. It's, They're normally yeah. insulting. Um, all right. So an insurance agent went to a museum and accidentally hit a statue. 
Uh, the museum administrator said, that's a 500-year-old statue that you've broken. The insurance agent said, thank God, I thought it was a new one. Oh. <laughs> hey, but it didn't insult us It didn't time, insult either so. anybody here. It's more insurance. Way to in, go insult. after yeah. the insurance yeah, company. Yeah, All yeah. right. Well, you know what? They can be taken down a peg or two. Oh, That's yeah. my opinion. So, Well, anyway, right. until next time, everybody, I'm Ben Needenthal. And I'm Attorney Jen Rout, reminding you that ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We will see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.